For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, is that Cindy? Hi. Yeah, it's Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I haven't talked to you for a long time, though. I know. It has been a long time. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Destry. Yeah. I see that. I see that we have board operator guests for Michigan and Central Michigan, right? Yeah. I use board operator for the national level. Oh, I'm guest four. In Michigan. <laughs> What's that? Your guest for who sponsored you? I don't know. Aren't you guests usually sponsored by someone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sponsored by Dust Repaid. There you go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's going to be our first call for our national level. Uh, um, committee for uh, setting up a strategy. Yeah. I had, oh. talked, to you, I had talked to you both already about uh, um, possibly uh, settling the Civil War. Ah, uh, yeah. Settling Civil War. That's number one. Well, and what did we talk about the other night? Number two. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. Well, number two on my list is going to be, um, let's see. What's it called? Oh. The, um, gosh, hey, you guys, I forgot what the name of it is. What's the law? Oh, you mean uh, 1866 court case? Oh, gosh. No. Equal footings doctrine. Oh, the equal footings doctrine, yeah. Yeah. That's where the yeah. other uh, assemblies can file file and uh, stand under our authority. Uh, yes, yes. And that 
that is something, okay, equal footing doctrine is something I think we should quote. What's interesting to me is that I have, in the last week, well, actually two weeks since we've talked about the equal footing doctrine, they've actually been bringing that up about other cases um, in the national news that is considering uh, whatever that particular news piece was under the equal footing doctrine. I didn't hear your last sentence. Say that one again. I said that they have been bringing up in certain news articles, and I can't remember what the specific cases were that were including being used under the equal footing doctrine. Oh, that's interesting. That's just the regular and de facto news? Yes. Probably some uh, um, equal, equal state stuff. I think one of them was in Iowa where the uh, uh, governor had just went ahead and returned uh, the 429 youngsters that were being shipped to them through the White House. And he chartered a plane, put them back on the plane, and took them right back to Mexico and told them that they are in control of their state. And the state has territories and boundaries, and they will not take in any of these uh, people because they don't have to. <laughs> Good. Really? Is that what Governor, um, our governor did? No, it was in Iowa. Iowa, okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad they did that. Well, um, I don't know if you are aware or not, but I got news from Robert in Maryland that Ohio is now a settled de jure state. No. Really? Oh, did not hear that. Woo! That is yes. pretty cool. That is very interesting. Ohio is settling cities, not counties. And how many cities are they settling? Or have they settled? That I do not know. I do know Toledo is. However, they did it. It's going to be different than Michigan. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, go ahead. They've got their state declared as a de jure state. So we don't have to worry about Ohio. Um, oh, very cool. Bob down in Florida is uh, pushing really hard to get the Florida Assembly established and noticed. Yeah. Well, you see, there isn't anything wrong with us settling and reorganizing and all that kind of stuff, having assemblies and on and on and on. That's what we're supposed to be doing. The de facto comes into being to take to, to uh, just automatically. It's almost almost automatically. It sucks up the void. Yep. So um, 
So we get reorganized, and then we tell them we're here, and then they have to leave. There's uh, a lot of these de facto laws that are on the books that yeah. people people can't do things, but they have it in those laws that a lawful assembly can. Right in their de facto laws. Really? Yeah. And do, do they do they have a description as what constitutes in the de facto laws that what a de, uh, and a lawful assembly is? Um, I I think they do. Well, we got to find out. <laughs> I want to find yeah. out where it is in the de facto laws that that define lawful assemblies. Okay. From an assumption, I would say that it had to be a gathering of people into in a uh, peaceful manner for a common goal. Yeah, well, I think that that's going to be, that is our constitutional law. We understand that, but that's the year law. And I'm, I'm speaking of de facto law because they've changed and they've wordsmithed so much yeah. stuff that if we can find out where it is in their public law that would state, you know, like when the uh, Vietnam veterans were going down to the white, to the D.C. To, to see the monument and they closed them out and were trying to arrest all these people because they were peacefully assembling. And that's not unlawful for what they were doing, but they were still being... Um, captured for it. And again, it goes right back to the judicial system. Yeah. Interesting. And color of of law. Yeah. Should be able to Google up something like a legal definition of assembly. Oh, I'm doing I'm doing equal footings doctrine right at the moment, right now. Yeah. yeah. Legal definition of legal assembly. Yeah. The legal definition should fall under the de facto category. Now if we use lawful that'd be the de jure. Let me pull it up and see. Because I'm on my computer right now, I can Okay, good. Equal footings doctrine. I'm gonna get right on that. I'd like to look up the other one, too, but I'll do that later. Here a few years back when I was involved with the general post office, there was this this guy who wound up with possession of the Louisiana Purchase. He actually has clear title ownership to the Louisiana Purchase. I'm going to make an attempt to find out who he is again. It's been... Uh, three, four years. Really? Yes. And this guy has the correct documentation for the Confederacy. Oh, you mentioned that. All right. Industry, I don't know if this is under the same uh, uh, idea that you're going with. But when I was doing the redemption by method to save my house, 
into getting uh, my title in property under first secured loan. The first uh, title of legal was uh, owned by Van Buren, President Van Buren for all the state of Michigan. Huh. So that for Michigan, that would be something we want to check into then because since I just brought that back to mind and I believe I still have some of those papers in my midst here. I do know that uh, I, I let uh, Robert and Marilyn take my whole um, book on uh, Redemption by Method to, with them with the, how to do the UCC um, procedures and stuff. That Those documents are in there as well. But, um, yes, yeah, absolutely, that would be something that we'd want to look at because that would be the Mishimak Black County Territories or Territories County, and it was all under ownership of Van Buren. Well, and they had to, and of course, they had to give it up too, just like the state of Virginia had to give up the Western Territory, the Western lands. Ouch. Ouch. No, ouch. Not right now. Go get me back. Ooh. So, I think our strategy should be to teach people little tiny lessons about the equal footing doctrine, just read it. And then we go to the cases, Coyle versus Smith. And we, we pull out the most important parts of that one. And then we go to the Oklahoma Enabling Act and pull out the most important parts to that that relate to the equal footings doctrine and the whole US and the United States versus Holt State Bank and Supreme Court findings there. Let's see. Let's see. There's another one called Pollard versus Hagen, Idaho versus United States. There's essays on the new states clause too. That would be interesting. That might be more right. interesting. I also have one that's got, it states that, um, if you'd bear with me for just a second here, that uh, the Constitution and concerning equal footings law is based on Article 4, Section 3, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution, which says, New states may be admitted by the Congress into this union, but no new state shall be formed or erected within the jurisdiction of any other state, nor any state be formed by the union of two or more states or parts of states without the consent of the legislatures of the state concerned as well as of the Congress. Yeah. What I'm reading right now from heritage.org 
slash constitution says, and it's, it's the page, their page that says the new states clause, instead of formed by the union, it says junction of two or more states. Uh huh. Interesting. They used a little different word. Uh huh. There was both words in the thing. Well, at the end of this this document here that I have about equal footings, it says since only 13 states ratified the proposed 13th Amendment, it failed to receive the approval of enough states to be lawfully ratified. Well, that's not true. We already know that because we've got um, documents. We have documentation for all of the. Oh, many, many states, many, many, many more than many more than half. I think there's at least 36 states that ratified the original 13th Amendment. Well, it said at the time there were 17 states, and the approval of 13 would be necessary to ratify that amendment. That's correct. But on, oh. but on April 30th, 1812, Louisiana became the 18th state to be admitted to the Union. And they were entitled to vote for or against the ratification of the proposed 13th Amendment. The number of states necessary to ratify the amendment increased from 13 to 17 to 14 of 18. But oh. since only, okay, so since only 13 states ratified the 13th Amendment, they were missing one state in order to be lawfully ratified. Oh, I see. Huh. I don't know about that. So we got to dig a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, I think we need to dig a little deeper on that. Do you want to do anything with that on the national strategy call? We could. It would be a subject. Dentistry, tell us a little bit more about what your friend down in uh, the South has done again. Oh, down in Florida? Well, the guy that has uh, Civil War. Oh, yeah, Chuck. He's, a, he's an old friend of the family, over 50 years. Um, stopped by here last night and visited me. Um, he is the biggest Civil War buff I ever met. And this guy, he goes to Ohio to do reenactments, goes to Virginia to visit um, Civil War sites. Uh, he's been all the way down into Florida. He, he travels the whole eastern seaboard just uh, trying to find more pieces of Civil War history. Is he considered a historian for the Civil War, then? Um, I don't know if others consider him a historian, but I do. Yeah. The, guy, the guy's got knowledge that just blows my mind, and I can bring him on this call any time, and he would be more than happy to participate and explain what he knows. With his knowledge and his uh, expertise, does he... And these are questions that I'm going to ask for you to pose to him. Is there anyone that he works with that is a historian 
and someone that we could also bring into our our family um, to be able to gather some of the knowledge and, and some of the things that we need to look a little closer at. Um, most likely. Uh, I'd, I'd like, really like to introduce you to him. Um, he knows... Okay. Well, he goes into he goes into the old time courthouses, um, museums. He's uh, supplied a lot of Civil War era um, artifacts to museums that he's picked up. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, so far what we've got we've got settling the Civil War. That's that's an idea that needs to be worked up into an outline. The Equal Footings Doctrine. We need to do some. Uh, teaching on that one, yep. and um, then uh, uh, teaching on the uh, meaning of assembly, the word itself, you know, yep. that's, that's a cool thing. And then um, Chuck could be a visitor. Yeah. That's another. I want to bring up the court case, and Cindy, you're on the computer. Go ahead and pull it up. It's uh, called Milligan, M-I-L-L-I-G-A-N. Uh-huh. It's ex parte, E-X-P-A-R-T-E, uh-huh. 1866. All right. Search that. I can't see what we got here. Might take just a second here. Um, and I did find the uh, definition of assembly as well. I'm just looking it up. Assembly. I put assembly in. I looked that up and it went to assemble, assemblers, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Here's uh, Cambridge. Go ahead. Cambridge English Dictionary's assembly definition. Oh, they get so many advertisements up here. It's maddening. Okay. Um, they don't even number them, but the first one is a group of people especially gathered together regularly for a particular purpose. In the U.S., an assembly is one of the two parts of the of the government in many states that makes laws. And the example, the example they have here is the state assembly will vote on a death penalty bill next week, and then the third definition, they have an assembly in a school is a gathering of several classes for a group activity that is usually educational. Interesting, huh? And this is a noun, gathering. Now there's another one, uh, same thing, noun. It is a joining process of putting together the parts of a machine or structure or a thing produced by this process. Interesting. I'd like to know the history of the word assembly. I do believe I, I, I have an idea of what the history of the word means. And I think it means it goes right back to the, our, um, our assemblies that used to happen in ancient Sweden, Norway, Ireland, Scotland, 
where the people would get together. Well, they'd still do them in they still do them in Iceland, and they call them the T H I N G Tings or what what is T H A N G. I can't remember exactly what they call them. But I did just a little bit of study on this when we were doing our um, um what do you call it our train the trainer program. And I found just a little bit on that. And I can probably look that up again. But it's an interesting word. It's an interesting word and it has an interesting history. Oh, well, and there's also assemblies like uh, where they'll say, you know, the troops need to assemble or fall into assembly. Yeah. You know, um, I watched the Demo- or the Republican National Convention and at the very end, there was this Catholic priest from Cleveland. He was from, uh, from I think they called the Archdiocese of Cleveland. His name was, gosh, Mr. Grease, G-R-E-I-S or I-E-S. And he called the Republican National Convention uh, oh, uh, an assembly. And you know, he's a retired Catholic um Catholic priest. He's got a couple of titles after his name, but he's retired, and he sure sounded like Robert and Buck, um, Marvin when they pray for our assembly. It was really, it was really powerful, and they cut it off. Uh, PBS, you know, stopped the the taping halfway through his benediction. Wow! And I'm. I'm going to write to him and ask him what the words were to his benediction. Tell him that I didn't catch it all because PBS turned it off. Turned off their tape. <laughs> anyway, it was very interesting. And um, so our Republican National Convention was like one big assembly. And I, I'll tell you that the, the words they were using during the assembly was really something. And... and um, a lot of people were you know, given speeches, which of course is what they do every year. But this year, it just had a little bit different, different spirit about it. It was really interesting. And Donald Trump talked about lawful. He used the word lawful several different times during his speech. So I think Donald Trump has some knowledge that I hope is going to be beneficial to us. Anyway, that's just, that's just an aside from our meeting. Okay. Um, so you're going to copy and paste that in for your notes then? The assembly definition? Yes. Oh, yeah. The one I just read. I can do that. But I'm going to look it up in the um, dictionary too and on yeah. Wikipedia. All I'll right. look it up on Wikipedia because that will give us some history. Right. Um, that's what you asked about the ex parte for Milligan, 1866? Yes. All right. I've got one of the pages here that is delivered in the opinion of the court by just Mr. Justice Davis. Yep. All right. On the 10th of, of May, 1865, Lyndon P. Milligan presented a petition to the Circuit Court of the United States for the District of Indiana 
to be discharged from an alleged unlawful imprisonment. The case made by the petition is this. Milligan is a citizen of the United States, has lived for 25 years in Indiana, and at the time of the grievances complained of, was not and never been in the military or naval service of the United States. On the fifth day of October, 1864, while at home, he was arrested by order of General Alvin P. Hoovey, commanding in Military District of Indiana, and has ever since been kept in a close confinement. Is this the one you were looking for? Yep. Okay. On the 21st day of October, 1864, he was brought before the military commission convened at Indianapolis by order of General Hoovey, tried on certain charges and specifications, found guilty, and sentenced to be hanged, and the sentence ordered to be executed on Friday, the 19th day of May, 1865. I'll continue. On the second day of January 1865, after the proceedings of the military commission were at the end, the Circuit Court of the United States for Indiana met in Indianapolis and impaled a grand jury who were charged to inquire, 108, bracketed, whether the laws of the United States had had been violated and, if so, to make presentment. The court adjourned on the 27th day of January, having prior thereto discharged from further service the grand jury who did not find any bill of indictment or make any presentments against Milligan for any offense whatsoever. And in fact, since his imprisonment, no bail indictment has been found or presentment made against him by any grand jury of the United States. Milligan insisted that said military commission had no jurisdiction to try him upon charges preferred or upon any charges whatever because he was a citizen of the United States and the state of Indiana and had not been since the commencement of the late rebellion a resident of any state whose citizens were arrayed against the government and that the right of trial by jury was guaranteed to him by the Constitution of the United States. The prayer of the the petition was that under the Act of Congress approved March 3rd, 1863. And then it has other stories relating to this. Yes, do you understand what that is? Yes, that's basically a, a real... When you figure there was 108 grand jury members. That's a military tribunal that did right. that, which is the same thing we have in our courts today. Oh, it, it, who were charged to inquire, 108. Now, when it, when it says that they, they impaled, impaneled a grand jury who were charged to inquire, 108 whether the yep. laws of the United States had been violated. Now, does that mean that there was 108 impaneled grand juries, or does that mean that there was 108 inquiries? 108 inquiries. Okay. Now, what the deal is, is the Robert Gilman was wanting to get a hold of this case really bad. Um, 
it's what we can use to uh, run them out of Lansing. Run who that, out of Lansing? The um, corporate, cor- the governmental services corporation. Every one of these court cases they are running in Michigan is a military tribunal against people who are not military. This case nullifies every court case we have going on in Michigan. Oh, yes. I see your pattern of thought here. <laughs> yeah. You guys are so freaking smart. <laughs> this is something else we need to uh, work in a direction of. As we uh, develop our uh, national strategy for these other assemblies to come on board and work on uh, possibly getting the Civil War settled, this court case can be one of the tools for accomplishing it. This is very interesting here. The sixth section of the Act to amend the judicial system of the United States approved April 29, 1802, declares that whenever any question shall occur before a circuit court upon which the opinion of the judges shall be opposed, the point upon which the disagreement shall happen shall, during the same term upon the request of either party or their counsel, be stated under the direction of the judges and certified under the seal of the court to the Supreme Court at their next session to be held thereafter. And shall be said, shall by the said court be finally decided in the decision of the 110 Supreme Court and their order in the premises shall be remitted to the circuit court and be there entered of record and shall have effect according to the nature of the said judgment and order, provided that nothing herein contained shall prevent the case from, or the cause from proceeding. If, in the opinion of the court, further proceedings can be had without prejudice to the merit. So that doesn't get us any farther ahead then. Because if our circuit courts are still under military, And our writ of habeas corpus has been taken away by, I think it was Mulligan, uh, Governor Mulligan in Michigan. Uh, whoever the government governor was, no, it was Engler, 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 Governor Engler, because he was in governorship when Clinton was in office. Bill Clinton, and that was at the time of the signing of the Patriot Act, and I think that they went ahead and signed off our habeas corpus at that time. I'd like to read what I've got on that case. It's a little different than what you read off. See if some of this makes sense. It's not that okay. long. Okay. It says, in 1866 court decision, Milligan Experte recognized that a civilian and citizen of a state is not that is not invaded by hostile forces during wartime is not subject to the jurisdiction of a court martial. In eighteen sixty four, Lamblin P. Milligan, a civilian, was arrested in Indiana for conspiracy, insurrection, and other crimes arising from his alleged involvement in organizing a secret military unit in the state to assist the Confederacy. 
His arrest and detention were made pursuant to the orders of General Alvin P. Hovey, commander of the Military District of Indiana. He was brought on brought to trial before a military commission in Indianapolis, convicted and sentenced to death. Milligan applied for a writ of habeas corpus to the Supreme Court, challenging the jurisdiction of the military commission to try and sentence him. The court acknowledged that Article 3, Section 2, Clause 3 of the Constitution, which provides the trial of all crimes, except in cases of impeachment, shall be by jury. And other constitutional provisions safeguard this right. It is recognized, however, that in times of war, various civil liberties and the right to challenge legal detention by Ruta Hapius Corpus may be suspended. Martial law might be imposed, however, only only where an actual invasion of enemy forces effectively stopped the operation of the civil government. The military argued that the destination, the designation of Indiana as a military district with a commander because of the constant threat of invasion by Confederate troops justified the imposition of martial law. The military commission, therefore, had lawful jurisdiction under the laws and usages of war. The court rejected this argument, and the state of Indiana had not opposed federal authority. Its civil and criminal courts continued to operate during the war, and Milligan was a civilian who was not connected to the military. Although civil liberties and habeas corpus could be suspended in wartime to permit the military commission to determine the fate of Milligan, a civilian in a state which was loyal to the Union, and where there was only a mere threat of invasion, and the courts were open, would usurp the powers of the courts in violation of the Constitution. The court decided that the military commission had no jurisdiction over Milligan and therefore ordered Milligan's release. We are not under a threat of invasion from the South, from the Confederacy. They do not need to be acting as a military tribunal holding us in their military tribunal courts. That's powerful, isn't it? That is. And I'm making a copy of this one that I've, that I've got up on screen, too, because I have several other cases involved into this, um, the Millican case. Yeah. So, um, and it, it's got several other ones that we can look into that involve different courts. So I'm saving that to my computer, and I'm also writing off hard copies so I can do some research with it as well. Well, we've got, this a, few is, we got a few this, things left on the floor to look at. All right. See what we can do with them, how we can utilize them to accomplish getting a net getting these other states' assemblies up and running and getting the people off from under the ter- tyranny of these uh, military courts. Oh. I'm trying to get my cat. Father, I found a bunch of um, people's assemblies movements on the uh, the internet, and um, they're having, they're having uh, this is a social forum, U.S. social forum, um, people's assembly, or people's movement, assembly.org, 
for it's called P A P M A People's Movement Assemblies. Yeah. And there's all different kinds. I put down I searched in the search engine um, <laughs> People's Assembly. Well there's history. a lot of people there's a lot of people that understand that they need to assemble. Then yeah. they they get what an assembly is, but they have no idea how to go about doing it proper. Exactly. Well, I think that's what these people have done. They're blind. And, uh, exactly. Exactly. They call it the People's Assembly. There's Brighton People's Assembly against austerity. There's People's Assembly. March was a display of anger. Jackson People's Assembly. It's a, supposed to be a model. Basically, they're using the word assembly as a title page. They're not using it as a, a lawful organization that can get to it. And it's supposed to be peaceful. It has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with, you know, it, it's to being able to address grievances. Right. Well, anyway, it's really different. I'm looking up assembly meeting. See what that says. Assembly meeting materials, graduate assemblies. But that's the assistant. Chuck has got the documentation of the what was that you said? That it was a uh, the deed. You know, Chuck don't know who's got it. Well, I was involved in the general post office a few years ago, and in a lot of our conference calls, it was discussed about this guy that had ownership of the Louisiana Purchase. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. I got a feeling uh, this might be a guy we need to contact if we move forward in a direction of settling the Civil War. Yeah. Because if that if that's the direction we're going to go in, we got to stick with the time period from 1861 to 1865. We got to we grasp everything of that time period and utilize it and deal with it there. Most of the mid Midwest states weren't even settled; they were still a territory during that time. Arizona came out of the territory right at 1864 or 1865. I don't remember which year. But the other states that exist today that used to be that territory weren't involved with the Civil War. So they don't need to be involved with the settling of the Civil War. So you're saying that there's a possibility that Louisiana is still under their uh, central territory Louisiana was a Confederate state. Georgia was a Confederate state. Florida, Texas, Alabama. South Carolina. Yep, South Carolina, Virginia. Yeah. I, I don't know about North Carolina. I think they were, too. 
So that's why Carolina split Carolina North Carolina. The state was yeah. split. Oh, but okay. That so map, Alabama, I, Florida, South Carolina, Virginia, Louisiana, Georgia. Alabama. Arkansas. Uh, oh, Arkansas. Really? Yep. I believe so. It's on that map at the bottom of uh, original Jersey. Yeah, I went on to look for that, and I yeah, I could not come up with it. I went to, it took me nowhere. Well, you won't find it on a search because it's brand new. It's not cataloged by a search engine. Gotcha. You got to type the URL in directly. Go, okay. Yeah, it'll take it about four or five months before it gets cataloged by search engines. Gotcha. Okay. Is Missouri one of them? I'll, in fact, I'll uh, spell it out right now if you want to type it into your browser address bar. Okay. O R I G I N. Is that a capital O? No. Oh, could you start over O R I G? Yeah, original. Original. Okay. Jurisdiction. J U R I S D I C T I O N. Mhm. Republic. Oh yeah. Dot info. All right, and that's all we got to put in there. Yep. Then hit enter. South Carolina, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas. Yeah, if you scroll there to the bottom, you'll see it. I got it. And it shows the different years and the dates, the month and the day when events happened. It's a GIF image. It'll cycle through. And I also uh, put it on my uh, top, what do they call it, tab for immediate access. Yeah. Um, this this website I created, it is not in conflict with michigandeezer.org or michiganassembly.info. Um, I want to keep it that way from being in conflict. Uh-huh. Yeah, main, this is really cool. Yeah, the main purpose of this site is just for people to be able to go to it, and click on their state, and visit their state assembly website, or to link them to the handbook. But I threw that map up at the bottom so people could get an idea what the Confederate states were and what the Union states were. Yeah, oh, this is very cool how you did this to where, as they're coming on, you're putting their succeeded from the Confederacies. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. Isn't that, Sweeney? <laughs> I love it. That, that is awesome. I did a Yahoo search and found the image. It was a GIF image. It's a moving image. Somebody created it. I found it and put it on there. <laughs> that is so freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, isn't that so? Yeah. Wow. So. 
And you got your timeline and everything. Is that awesome or what? Yeah. Paul Sr. really spoke highly of that. Well, I could see why. (laughs) You know, along with this, too, just as a part of, you know, where you're looking to find the original ownership of the Louisiana Purchase, don't forget and I, I know I've told everybody about this in the assembly, my little brother is next in line to inherit Manhattan Island. Because really? when, yes, when Manhattan Island was bought from the Indians by Richard Steele, um, they made a lease, a lifelong lease. And the lease says as long as water grows, grass, or water flows, grass grows, and you can pick a bouquet of flowers every day of the year, the leash will never be broken. I personally seen the documents at my Aunt Ellen's house, the uh, grandmother of, you know, Richard Steele. It was just it, down the line, family. It came along down the family line. And wow. when my, my dad, stepdad, but dad Vaughn, when he was a kid, he didn't get it because it goes to every third son of the family. So Brian, my brother, was next in line to inherit it. Those documents have been stolen. They have come up missing. Now, I also discovered that you all know who Rush Limbaugh is? Yep. David Limbaugh, or no, Rush Limbaugh is looking for this original um set of documents. I tried to contact him, and he's never gotten back with me. I tried to contact David Limbaugh, his brother at Hillsdale College, and they haven't gotten back to me. And it's pissing me off because I know we've got those documents, or we had those documents, but they have been usurped by the D.C. uh, lawyers somehow. Really? Yeah. Oh, that is Oh, so man. This, this purchase of the uh, Louisiana Purchase would be could possibly falling under the same rule. And the, a lot of the ways that we're going to only be able to find this is if we go get hard copies of some of the original history books. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, you could probably find a lot of those. Because don't you remember... Don't you remember when we were growing up, I know you guys are right around my same age. Without you, Destry, I'm sorry. Linda, you and I are approximately the same age. Yes, yes. When we were growing up, do you remember them talking about how Manhattan Island was bought from from the Indians for $24, some furs, and guns? Yep. And Richard Steele... That did that, but the the ship that he was on was from Amsterdam, if I remember correctly. Something to do with the Netherlands. Oh, I don't remember. So, honestly, if you really think about it, Wall Street and all of the shit, (laughs) all that freaking government, honestly, is my brother's. He's leasing it to them. He should be. He should be like unbelievably wealthy. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. 
Hey, uh, if they break your contract, he's going to evict them. Yes, he could. <laughs> if we could come up with those documents, we could kick every one of those, including, I'm sorry, but the whole conglomerate right the heck out. <laughs> you know, and that would be funny as heck. I think we should probably include that into our research. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> you talk about finding a back way and you know that would do it yeah oh you guys I've fallen asleep I'm getting really tired I was wondering if maybe we could get off the call and have a call another time Right. Okay. We got a call on Tuesday, too. Uh, that would be an educational call? Yeah. We got a call on Tuesday for the educational call. You're going to be there, too, Cindy, right? Yeah, what's the call-in number again for that, or the, the uh, number? Oh. Was it 130? What was it? No, hold on a second. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, I don't have it in my notebook. I started a new book, so I don't have oh. it. Oh. Or 139. Isn't it 111444? Is that it for that? Okay. Yeah, I have Got to, it. I have to it up in the email. All right. Educational calls is Tuesday at, at eight, 8 o'clock? Uh, just a minute. Let me look, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, here we go. I found it. Tuesday. Uh, 7.30 p.m. 7.30, one, 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 okay. 11.444. One, one, four, four, four. Okay. And don't forget, Wednesday is the Mission Milliac call. Oh, basically, basically uh, reading of the minutes from the last one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be on that one. I'll be on the Thursday call. And what's Thursdays? National. National, uh, okay. National call. That was, that's an extremely interesting call, Cindy. People from okay. all, all over the states are... All over the United States are in that on that call, and right. I'm talking about assemblies. That's each Thursday. That's yep. on Thursday. Yeah. And okay, I'm writing this to, down. Yeah, go and to the Sara. Let me see if I uh-huh. can find it real. Quick. Let me see. I I made up a national. That call is really interesting. We get some really interesting people on it. Oh, National Assembly Conference Call Info. I've got that as a as a document. Yeah. Copied what was on the SARA gesture, and I and I um, turned it into a document that we could just use for the, the Oakland County Assembly. And I'm now, taking that with me and passing yeah, it out. Which call do you have on that? The talk show call or the conference call HD? Uh, 
I have um, a new one. One six zero five five six two three one four zero. Then the yeah. can you please read? All right, so which one do I need? All right, talk shoe or or what? Yeah, we're no longer using the talk shoe number. Okay, can you give me that number, please, then again? Yeah, so one six zero five five six two thirty one forty. Okay, and is there a pin number? Participant code. Two two six eight two three pound. And that's all you need, Cindy. Got it's it. At nine nine o'clock on Thursday. There's this one girl from uh, from Ohio. She's from the Toledo area. Oh man, she was just grilling Robert, grilling Robert, grilling Robert. Then she says, and then Robert wants to know some information about her. She said, Oh, I'd rather not say. Oh man, one night I heard her and I got chills. Running up and uh, I was like, no, no. The hair in the back of my neck stood up. She started talking, and I thought, oh, God, here's that girl that just here. And it turns out she's an Indian of Indian descent, and they're into some stuff that she can't talk about. So she must be part of the Winnebago. You know, I have no idea, but they've got a college down there. She's running some kind of a health college. Yeah, she's she's uh, scared. She doesn't want to put any information out because she's scared. Yeah, she's running scared, and she seemed last time last time I heard her talk, I didn't just hear um, creepy, creepy, weird. Um, I heard that she was she was getting desperate. I heard desperation in her voice. So they're they're doing something that and you know. Really, but I can't, and I can't say. I say I don't even know. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into it. If he ever comes out with it, fine. But now Toledo is actually resettled, reorganized. She can join yeah. with them. Yes, yeah, she and I is. hope she does. I hope she does. Yeah, no, she is. Anyway. She's joined with Toledo now. They're handling her. Very good. I'm glad she's doing that because I, I just thought it was really weird. She just wanted Robert's number and she wouldn't give her own name, you know. Yeah. So, so I have her name and number right there on the conference call. Well, you got it, but I... <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, though, that there should be a way that we would be able to give, give people anonymity here, how you pronounce that, because, yeah, right. like... A lot of my stuff, I go by Wildflower. Now, there's Just, people in Illinois who are uh, really trying hard to get their assembly built in Illinois, and they're asking very intelligent questions. They've actually been working back and forth with me over text messages. Oh, that's an idea. Yeah, I think it's documentation. They're looking for the GCO, DOR, DOI, so they can make their state versions of them. And uh-huh. I told them they're right in the handbook, Appendix B, C, and D. And they're thrilled to get them. They're, uh, they're trying to do up all their documentation. They want to get their uh, assembly established, and they want to get their state settled. Yeah. Some people, the just the just a few weeks that we've had this call on, 
people's eyes are actually getting open. They say, oh, okay, we can do that. Oh, yeah, we can do this. And then there's other people that are just, they're just really, really... Um, Stuck to the really, lead. Really have a lot of questions and they just keep going on and on and on with questions, which is really cool. So, is there any reason why, Dusty, that I can't go ahead and copy this link and put it on my Facebook page? Sure you can. There you go. I think that if more of us in, uh, put it out for public, and then yeah. that way it will get all over. Yeah. Um, see, that, that original jurisdiction republic. Uh-huh. You see, Dunford's come out with a new republic with a Q-U-E on the end. Yes. The French corporate republic. You got Rusa out there. Um, you got NLA. Well, I started thinking. I says, well, if we're the original jurisdiction republic, maybe that's how we need to be approaching the public. Yeah. So I threw that out there. I put it together and put it up and didn't really let nobody know about it except for uh, Robert and uh, Bob Hoyer and uh, Paul Sr. And all, they all liked it. They all thought it was a good idea. They didn't see no conflict. No, it's not. It's it's completely separate, but the same. <laughs> yeah. but it, It's but informational there's, only. There's four states listed in there that right now that are linked to their state assembly websites. You got Michigan, Illinois, Colorado, and uh, Florida. Florida, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there it is, okay. They're the ones that are underlined. Yep, you can click on them and see their websites. Awesome. Awesome. Between the handbook and that, right there, that's the main reason I put that site up. Because it'll steer people to their uh, local state assembly and it'll steer people to the handbook. But I threw that um, that uh, map up at the bottom to get into people's minds about the Civil War. A lot of people know it hasn't been settled. And it gives them an idea of what states need to be uh, settled in order to settle the Civil War. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to get some. Of the, I wanted to get some of the stuff put together before we had our first call because it's nice to have something to get into, dive right into, and have something to work with. Right. So there it is. Tear it up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go on to. Facebook right now and put it up. Chris, I haven't even logged into Facebook in five years. I think it's been five years. I pretty much forgot what it's like. Ah, uh, cute. I got into Sarah News. I get word out to more people that way. <laughs> I get people on those Thursday calls. A lot of them come off on their Sarah News. 
You know, they say, do you see the stuff up in the Sarah News? That's how we found you and all this and that. You know, and Robert says, yeah, well, we got connections. <laughs> I'm glad he says it that way. Yeah. I'm glad he doesn't say, oh, yes, Destry put it up there. He's our assembly member. You know, I hope he does. I'm glad he doesn't say that. I think we, <laughs> I think it's best if we just say, oh, yeah, we did see that. <laughs> yeah. There's this website out there called Nasara News that's really promoting us, <laughs> promoting this call. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but everybody that I talk to that, you know, does anything reading about the uh, Nasara, they call that a, a piece of shit, and so I, they, they won't take it seriously. Yeah, I'm talking about the website, not the actual act. <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about the website, too. Sorry. I'm sorry about that. But, yeah, that's everybody that I, I brought it up, they're going, oh, it's a blog page. Blog pages are just full of propaganda and hysteria and bullshit. And I says, well, you know, I know the people that are running it, and they try real hard to make sure that the things that they put up are backfinded. Yeah, you see some. You don't see much on there for anything to do with the RV or dinar or this or nothing like that. I don't even want that stuff on there. Yeah, well, there's no reason to have it, and there's all a bunch of pro- is that bullshit. Not yeah. the RV, but those people that are posting that they know when it's going to happen and and blah blah blah. It ain't going to happen until it happens. Nobody knows when. Me personally, I believe you ain't going to see nothing happen until the republic takes over. Um, the news that I have gotten, quite honestly, is that it, private is in process, but public will be done October, the 1st of October, because that is the beginning of the new fiscal year. China and Venezuela and Iraq and a lot of these nations that are completely going under um, their financial or fiscal year starts on that date, too. Yeah. Yeah. When I hear that, I hear well. Yeah, I also heard it was going to be Fourth of July. I heard it was going to be First of January. You know, I hear a lot of things, but I'm not. Well, I'm not, like I said, July right now there is there is private. Um. Oh, there is I'm the, in, private SKRs are being dealt with right now. Well, I am in on the private side, and the only thing I've ever seen happen is a verification on a routing number on the bank once by somebody, and that was it. Uh, there's a lot more to it, yeah, but yeah, sit tight because it's—I think it's going to happen real quick. But I honestly believe that I'm going to hold on for a little bit to some of the currencies that I have because I think that when our currency here tanks, <laughs> our currency will save our ass. Be. All right, well, I don't know about the two of you, but uh, I'm getting a little tired. Okay. So. All right, it's posted on Facebook, so. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys well, later. Got something to report to the assembly. Yeah. 
We'll just report that we're a uh, work in progress. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've got five different points down here. So. I kind of have to wait until we got some results before we uh, divulge as much information. Okay. All right. That's fine. I'll be quiet. You, you're the one giving the report. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later then. Yep. Okay. All right. Have a good evening. Yep. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.